Welcome to the LGBTQIA plus Fantastica Graphics Digital Symposium podcast series. We hope you enjoy the series. If you have any comments or questions, drop us a line on our Discord server and join us for the roundtable discussion of the series on November 20th, 2021 via Zoom. For details, go to fantasticajournal.com and select the upcoming events heading. That's Fantastica with a K. Details are in the podcast info. The discussions are free and open to all, but registration is required for each Zoom panel. There are five panels in total. This podcast is part of Panel 1, History of LGBTQIA Plus Narratives. The Zoom discussion will take place on November the 20th at 1.30pm GMT time. This podcast is presented by Ibtisam Ahmed, who is a PhD student at the University of Nottingham. His work is included in the Politics of Culture, Ancillary Review of Books and Imagining the Impossible. He is co-director of LSFRC, a member of the Beyond Gender Collective and the Policy and Research Manager at LGBT Foundation. His podcast today is entitled Queer History in Marvel's Voices Pride, Archive and Reclamation. Queer storytelling is predicated on a tradition of silence and absence. Long gazes that contain multitudes of meaning, unspoken words of affection, slight touches that sizzle with the chemistry of forbidden love. My name is Ibtisam Ahmed. I'm the Policy and Research Manager at LGBT Foundation, and I've recently submitted my PhD at the University of Nottingham. I'm very excited to be presenting as part of the Fantastica Symposium on LGBTQ plus graphic narratives. For my audio paper, I'm going to be looking at the anthology series, or rather the anthology on the issue, Marvel Voices Pride, that came out earlier this year. From a fan's perspective, this was a very exciting issue to read. Uh, I'm a long-term lover of superhero comics, and I grew up devouring stories of characters who could defy physics and change the world with a snap of their fingers. Someone who didn't realize that he was queer until much later, some of that wishful thinking really resonated. Of course, Marvel characters weren't always allowed to be openly queer. Uh, Adhering to the Comics Code Authority meant that Marvel, like any other US-based publisher, wasn't allowed to have characters that were considered morally unconventional or inappropriate for younger audiences. And in an increasingly conservative US, that meant anyone who was LGBTQ+, would have to be so in the shadows. There were moments that this was rejected. Um, North Star infamously came out in the 90s when the Comics Code was still in force. And there were several editorial teams 
who allowed for a lot of context and subtext to um, be read into stories. The X-Men, of course, were a particularly ripe team for this, being um, an entire team based on the metaphor of found family. Uh, but other Marvel characters also fed into that. Nonetheless, it wasn't until 2001 that Marvel as a publisher finally rejected comics code in its entirety. From that point on, queer characters would not have to, to rely on subtext. They would not have to be in the closet, although some of the best stories involved them actually navigating what that meant. So Marvel Voices Pride is, in that sense, an exciting celebration of how far characters have come since then. Written entirely, um, written and drawn entirely by queer creators, Marvel Voices Pride is full of radical and transformative queer joy. I won't spoil any of the stories, mostly because I want folks to go out and read it. You do need to support queer creators after all. But there's something for everyone. There are stories um, that reflect everyday struggles. For instance, um, Iceman, a founding member of the X-Men, um, looks back at a time when he had a heart-to-heart -heart with, of all people, Magneto, who was then an arch-nemesis. And it's a beautiful moment where a young queer teen finds common ground with a Holocaust survivor to talk about what it means to be rejected by society but what it also means to work towards a better world where that rejection no longer exists. There's a story of a superhero fan, a trans woman who never felt comfortable in her body until she finally found a way to resonate with She-Hulk, who, despite being cisgender, defied conventional norms of overtly sexualized female superheroes with her broad muscular shoulders and her six-pack abs. There's a story of a new character introduced exclusively in this uh, anthology called Somnus, who grew up queer and of colour at a time when both were dangerous things to be in the US, getting a second chance at life through the miracle of superheroic intervention. Intergalactic entities show what it means to love without boundary. There are stories of aliens falling in love with humans and getting very confused when the humans couldn't fully fathom what their identity means. There is, of course, a wonderful celebration 
of North Star and his husband, but also an equally beautiful and heartfelt moment of queer resilience with a story revolved um, with a story centered on Mystique and her lover Destiny. Two visibly queer women in uh, two visibly queer women in an industry where women's sexuality tends to only be understood through the cis hat male gaze. There are, of course, stories of heartbreak and trauma. There are far too many examples of moments where characters continue to struggle. But offsetting that isn't a false sense of hope. Rather, the counterpoint is one of found family and joy. It is one where the community in universe comes together to celebrate every aspect of it. Courtesy, a community of writers and artists were creating that same form of love and solidarity in the real world. It is here, I think, that Marvel Voices Pride becomes a particularly exciting endeavor. Of course, as a fan, it's delightful to see the in-universe stories of queer characters being shared. And I will stress this, there is something quite empowering in an age where popular culture icons can have such a huge impact. But the transformative, radical joy of this anthology would not have been possible if it wasn't for the actual storytellers. And this is where we loop back to the tradition of queer stories. Queer histories, queer narratives, we have always relied on finding ways to thrive despite the odds. Speaking as someone who comes from a country where being gay is still a criminal offence, I am painfully aware of the gaps in the historical record that have been created due to the willful erasure of queer identity. This erasure is violent in so many ways. And one of the most long lasting has been the retroactive retconning of society as a whole to imply that queerness is somehow new. So when we have queer creatives coming together to retell stories and to reclaim narratives that have always been ours to begin with, it creates an exciting prospect um, for more empowerment and more liberation. The comic book format is an interesting one to begin with, 
it's um, visual, but not just from a written perspective. Text and art combined together for a, a level of accessibility that sometimes eludes more conventional text-only novels. And despite the growth of the industry and the growing cost of some of the more popular titles and collectible issues, individual anthologies and single-issue comics are still significantly cheap. So this is really queer storytelling um, in the masses when it comes to pop culture. I argue that Marvel vs. Pride fits into the same types of traditions that we've seen in other forms of queer reclamation while they are completely different art forms, I draw attention, for example, um, as a comparison with voguing. Voguing is an art form centered on the reclamation of um, effeminate body movement, of reclaiming slurs and, um, and ridicule into a competitive community, um, competitive community art and sport in many ways. This is, of course, a very, very different kind of reclamation, but I argue that the function and the purpose of both are quite similar. It's about not being ashamed of the kinds of stories that um, even as recently as the 90s would have been considered risque and inappropriate. Marvel's Voices is very exciting in print because it empowers own voices creators to share their own stories. And that means different types of empowerment for different types of identities. For the Pride issue, um, that is steeped very deeply in tapping into the past to reflect on the present and to dream of a better future. Or, quote, favorite couples from Marvel, uh, Wicking and Hawking in their wedding vows. When you're young like me, you spend a lot of time, if not all your time, trying to figure out who you are, where you belong, why you're here. With you, I don't have to wonder who I am. I don't have to think about myself at all. You don't think about yourself for other purposes because you know why you're here. You are here to love and serve others. And it is with that joyous sense of compassion and love and service to the broader queer community that Marvel Voices Pride stands 
is a beacon of hope and a point of genuine excitement. We hope you enjoyed the discussion of Marvel's Voices Pride. This podcast series continues with panel two, Recovering History, and a discussion by Brian Baker of V for Vendetta and the Invisible's graphic novels. If you enjoyed the series or have questions, join the conversation with us on Discord and on November 20th, 2021 for our Zoom webinars. For details, go to fantasticajournal.com and select the upcoming events heading. The discussions are free and open to all, but registration is required for each of the five Zoom panels. We look forward to seeing you there.